0: Well, hey there, and welcome to Live It Out, a podcast here at Centenary Church in Lexington, Kentucky, about faith and the 21st century. What does it mean to live as followers of Christ in a post-Christian society today? Each week, we're going to have the amazing opportunity to talk with people across the globe who are committed to walking through this life with Jesus and hear their thoughts and experiences of the Christian life in an ever-changing and hurting world. We hope that this encourages you and helps you in any way. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode.
1: Welcome to Live It Out. I'm James Williams, lead pastor of Centenary Church, and each week we talk with some amazing Christian leaders around the world. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to review the podcast today and subscribe. We'll let you know in the future what some of our upcoming episodes will be. Today, I'm really excited to have as this week's guest, Reverend Sue Nelson Kibbe. She has developed a powerful ministry assisting churches and church leaders and their pastors so that they can focus on prayer and ministry fruitfulness. She's authored some transformational books, tend to be exact, like Ultimate Reliance, Floodgates, and her latest work, Open Road. She is a former executive pastor of one of United Methodism's largest churches, Ginghamsburg, United Methodist Church in Tip City, Ohio, where she partnered with Lee pastor Mike Slaughter. And Sue Kibbe, you are one amazing leader today. You're now um, at United Theological Seminary. You're director of the new Innovation Center there, and I want to welcome you today to Live It Out.
0: Thank you so much. It's a privilege to be on with you today.
1: Well, we are excited about what we're going to talk about today, but also some upcoming things I'll talk about in just a few moments. And Sue, in, in the church today, complacency and resignation to plateaus, they seem really to be the norm, but you really have a passion for seeing churches find their path to growth, to mission, really to change lives. How, how does that happen with the work you're doing right now?
0: Well, you know, uh, one thing that I've noticed uh, is that, uh, churches can fall into the habit, sometimes for years and years, of thinking and behaving like an organization or an institution to administrate. And uh, we have administrative board meetings, and we we worry about uh, systems and processes and nuts and bolts, and we have planning teams to uh, try to organize all of that. And uh, I just don't, think that the picture of the Church of Jesus Christ as it's described in the New Testament in the book of Acts is the picture of the Church of Jesus being an organization that we're simply supposed to administrate. Yes. Rather, I think that uh, the Church of Jesus has always meant to be a movement that we fuel, that surges forward, and uh, a steady diet of prayer for God's leading in new possibilities is what fuels the movement. And so this shift from a church uh, behaving and thinking like an organization that we've got to pay to keep the doors open and all of that can really result in some plateau and decline and discouragement. But when the church becomes a movement where it is fueled by this feast on prayer for new God's possibilities, it really is an open road and anything can and does happen.
1: Yeah. Anything is possible with all of that. You're exactly right. And, you know, there's, there are lots of of cans of fuel, I think, that move us toward being all that we're created to be in Christ, in the church and as individuals. But I think a real key is prayer, and I know that you believe that too. And what are some ways that you're seeing prayer really kind of break forth in local churches right now? Because so many folks struggle with whether or not they're qualified to pray and they're very intimidated by that. What are some ways you're seeing that happen?
0: You know, uh, that is such a great question. And, uh, I do agree with you. Sometimes, uh, people in the church may have a little small dialogue with God going on, perhaps informally, or maybe in moments of need or panic, or uh, God help me, or take care of this relative or that. And all those prayers, of course, are fine, and, and, and we should be praying any way that we feel led. Uh, but when a congregation... Uh, when when members of a congregation, attendees, uh, people following Jesus, realize that uh, prayer to God the Almighty—not just God the Comforter and the Sympathizer and the Healer—but prayers to God the Almighty, that that one that can do anything. Uh, is added to our prayer lives it really opens us up we start looking up and out with expectancy for what god might do and uh, when, it, when a when a church begins to communicate and help people understand that and give them permission to add prayers to to god the almighty to uh, to their prayer life, it just shifts everything. Have you seen that as well
1: I have sue, and you know as as folks begin to pray and we begin to take seriously uh, what Jesus expects of us, we know that he said that we should be a house of prayer <laughs> that 's a pretty yes. powerful um, that 's a really powerful thing to to know that we 're a part of a place. That's to be called a house of prayer. And I have found that very thing. What are some ways you're seeing some transformation in churches? Do you have some uh, experiences where you've seen this kind of resignation, this complacency move toward just a a real shift and they see that transformation in their local church? You
0: know, I I have... Literally hundreds of stories. <laughs> uh, I have uh, have a videographer uh, partner where we have actually uh, stories have been told on video of how God has broken through, awakened, and transformed any number of congregations, all through uh, this uh, putting prayer for new possibilities, I I call it breakthrough prayer, uh, that God would break through, Mm -hmm. putting that ongoing at the center of everything, and it literally changes the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere of worship, of meetings, of choir practice, youth groups, because whenever we gather, we're adding to our existing prayers Uh, also asking God to show up and out and open new doors and lead us forward. And uh, so everybody is kind of on looking around and noticing and naming what they see. And it's just this complete shift, again, away from trying to organize and think up and make our own plans. And and not that we shouldn't be doing that, but uh, it, it gives us a shift. To say God, what would you have? Show us what you would have. Uh, lead us in this, and we're going to set aside our own, our own well-intended plans because we want yours. And there's just such a shift. Uh, I've seen it in very small congregations. I've seen it in congregations with thousands of attendees. And there's just uh, when when the entire congregation rallies. Around this simple addition to their prayer lives, uh, we we set out on an adventure we we couldn't have ever dreamed of, and uh, things begin to happen that we can't imagine. I'm thinking of one congregation uh, in Wasau, Wisconsin, who started a breakthrough prayer initiative in the church uh, just several months before the pandemic happened, and it's a uh, it's it's a church that had had dwindled in attendance. It had a very large building. Uh, they were trying to make decisions on who they are and where they were going. And they continued their breakthrough prayer through the pandemic.
1: Wow. And partway yeah. through the
0: pandemic, God helped them all to understand next steps. And uh, it's just a real song of ascent now.
1: Oh, my. Well, you know, it really is when individuals and especially leaders in a local church began to really grasp and understand this is what I've seen. And, and, and as I read your writings, um, it just really is like a neon sign that flashes Um that when they really understand that this is about a shift to a reliance on the supernatural because we've been given many gifts yeah. and and we can do uh, and we have some really smart resourceful gifted people in the local church but when we understand that we can lean into the supernatural and what God can do through faith. Yeah. I really have seen some amazing things take place and not only in other people's lives, in the people that we're praying for, the communities that we're praying for, but it changes us individually when we feel that empowerment. And, and I love one of your book covers. I think it's uh, Whitewater Rafting. Am I right about that?
0: Yes, yes. Yes, and that's it re- the and, ultimate reliance book. Yes. Yes,
1: absolutely, and that's really what it's like. It's it's not perfect. It's a little scary sometimes. It's a little dry at times, and it's and then but there are times when it is wet, and uh, and you really feel that spirit coming through those times of prayer, especially when we pray together. So I'm excited about what you're teaching us right now, and, and the church in this moment. I think what you bring to Uh, It's for such a time as this. Thank you for that.
0: Uh, Well, you're welcome. And uh, when I wrote Ultimate Reliance and I proposed that the cover should be uh, a group of people whitewater rafting, uh, as I recall, the publisher uh, was taken aback and said, why would you ever have that picture uh, on the cover of a book on prayer wouldn't you want just a garden with a quiet bench and and yeah. beautiful shrubbery and um, i'm with you jim that that the journey of prayer is yeah. setting out on the ultimate earthly adventure isn't it
1: absolutely And you
0: never know uh, where the when the the, the the spirit will take you
1: that's the truth that's the truth and and that that reliance on prayer can take us to some really marvelous places. So when we see resistance to change, Sue, in our communities of faith, you say that there are really eight choices that you can immediately make to overcome that resistance and really jumpstart experience and growth. What are, what does some of that mean?
0: Uh, Are you talking about the floodgates?
1: That's right. I'm talking Uh, about the floodgates.
0: Yes, so I, I've written in that book what I have experienced and seen, not only as as uh, a past, pastor of congregations myself, but now as a coach and a trainer and a guide for uh, literally now it's been uh, a few hundred. Uh, what I've talked about in floodgates is, are uh, certain... Um, steps that a congregation can choose that really do open the way for God to move in and through us. And uh, I've, I've talked about uh, several of those that I've just seen over and over again. One is uh, our own coachability as leaders of God's church, and uh, are we really interested in, in uh, the new and taking steps out of the new possibilities, or are we in our comfort zone and we don't really want to uh, look up and out and we may uh, think we want God to lead us differently, but uh, perhaps we're, we're too fearful or maybe not certain uh, what could happen next. Uh, I do have a whole chapter in the Floodgates book about the Breakthrough Prayer Initiative, and in that chapter I've written about a number of true stories of churches that have deployed it and uh, what the leadership journey was of that and how it really played out. Um, I have a... a, um, chapter in there on what i've called uh moments Mm -hmm. which john wesley called his warmed heart yes Uh, but what happens when the heart of god meets uh our hearts and what can really what momentum can roll forward so those are just a few and um but at the heart of it all is the breakthrough prayer initiative
1: right that's beautiful that's so beautiful and and you know we we've We've been talking today a little bit about the how we how we see this in the greater community of faith and the local church, and a lot of folks listening today, sue, I'll go back to something that we mentioned earlier. A lot of folks really struggle in their own individual prayer lives, and it's difficult for a church as a congregation, to be a house of prayer when the individuals that make up that congregation really struggle in their own prayer lives. And so we have folks, no doubt, that are just listening alone today to the podcast, and they may be struggling with their own prayer lives and how they do that better or well or consistently, more consistently, and uh, how they kind of move away from feeling like their prayers don't really... Go through the ceiling sometimes. What are some ways that we can can really deepen our prayer lives individually?
0: I love that question. I've written about that, and uh, I'm going to. I, I talk about it every opportunity I have when I'm leading uh, a training mm-hmm. or sharing about the urgency of prayer. And for anyone listening today, what comes to my mind right now is uh, to just remind us all that that our god hears all of our prayers yes. whether we feel anything or not while we're praying uh, you, you know have you ever been someplace maybe looking out the window at a beautiful sunrise or sunset or standing uh, looking at majestic mountains or something like that and you you're thanking God for that, perhaps, or praying, and you just feel God's presence. You you have almost a visceral sense of God's presence. Then there can be other times when you're praying just as uh, wholeheartedly or uh, passionately, and but you feel nothing, nothing. And and individuals might think, Oh my gosh, God's absent. God is absence. I feel nothing. And, um, I would just like to remind us all that scripture is very, very clear that whether we feel God's presence or we don't, God is equally present, equally attentive and equally responsive and operative, whether we are feeling something or not. I I think of Psalm 139, where the psalmist writes, well, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I escape your presence? Uh, Even the dark is not dark to thee. Darkness and light are alike to thee. Scripture reminds us all the time that our Almighty God is always there, always listening, always operative, and and begins to respond the moment that we begin to pray on a divine timeline and in a divine response that that we can't even imagine. And if anyone's listening today and you've been discouraged because when you pray you don't quote-unquote feel anything, be encouraged, friend, because your God has and does hear every word and responds to it all.
1: No doubt. No doubt. And we serve such a good and gracious and loving God, Sue. And that's what I love about your teaching and your writings and and how God has really gifted you to to do some technical work for us. Because this is for so many, especially if folks have been Christians and even Christian leaders for a long time, but still struggle with prayer. There's some technical work that can be done around this but that combined with your heart and your spirit and your your true calling that's so evident um I'm I'm excited about what God's doing through you right now and what's going to happen in the future and at our prayer conference coming up that's November 5 through 7 uh, Sue is going to be with us and Sue we're so excited for what you're going to bring not only to centenary in that time but also this community
0: Well, uh, thank you so much for inviting me. I can hardly wait uh, from the very day that you invited me. I have prayed daily for what God is going to be up to on those days through everyone who will be part of that and beyond. And I give such thanks for your ministry uh, leadership, Pastor James, and uh, your vision and your passion to lead God's church in prayer. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. And I need your prayers. (laughs) I need your prayers. Yes, 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 yes. You and I, and I know you are you are praying for us. And again, if you'd like to hear Sue Kibbe and meet her, she's going to be with us at Centenary Church here in Lexington, Kentucky um, on November 6th. That will, she'll be here with us the whole time. But November 6th, a big part of that day, will be Sue uh, teaching us and leading us. And I'm so excited about that. Registrations are rolling in quickly, and I want to urge you to register soon. You can do that by visiting www.lexchurch.com slash prayer conference. And I want to thank you again for listening today. Sue, thank you, and God bless you. We all need to keep praying and keep the faith.
0: Well, thank you. Yes, God bless. And uh, uh, once again, for the opportunity uh, to be with you, Uh, it's been so much fun.
1: Thank you for being on Live It Out. God bless all of you listening today, and we will be with you next week. Bye-bye.
0: Live It Out, Faith and the 21st Century is a production of Centenary Church in Lexington, Kentucky. Join lead pastor James Williams each week as we engage Christian leaders around the world. Be sure to subscribe today and leave a review of our podcast. To connect with us further, visit our website at lexchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to joining
1: you next week. Until then, love one another and live it out.